You are now rocking with the best. This is the Hall About Sports podcast with your host, the one and only Meg Hall. Uh, if you don't know, now you certainly know. It's co-host Kevin in the building. Welcome to episode 14. We have a very special guest with us. We've got Mr. Justin Payton with us. And if you didn't know about Justin, he's a phenomenal talent. Uh, with a big following to match. So, you know, I've been trying to get into this YouTube thing. That's, that's kind of like what we're doing right now with this podcast sort of thing. But Justin has mastered this and he's got an amazing following on YouTube. And what he does is he talks about his Celtics. So, and other basketball, of course. Uh, but Justin has come to mourn his Celtics because they are currently playing the Miami Heat. <laughs> and it has not been pretty. Uh, you can hear Justin already like huffing and puffing and shaking his head. But Justin, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Uh, I'm glad to be here all about sports. I've been watching y'all. Y'all do a phenomenal work. So shout out to y'all. I'm just so glad to be here. So thank y'all so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So let's do a quick run of show. So we're going to start with the starting lineup, as we always do. Justin's going to tell us, how did this YouTube channel come to be? Like, where did this come from? Uh, and then we have a special segment for Justin called Boston No Tea Party, where we're going to talk about all the things that are happening with the Boston Celtics, good, bad, or ugly. And then we will, of course, do our favorite portion of the show, which is the post-game presser. So let's just get into it. Justin, how did you get your start and where did this YouTube channel come from? And by the way, the name of the YouTube channel is It's Just JP and it's It's with a Z. So let's let's hear it. What's the story on it? So I've always been a fan of basketball and just love to just talk basketball to friends and everything. And I just felt like, you know doing like you know 2018 2019 I was like you know I want to talk sports I want to start a podcast and everything with like my friend um, mm -hmm. I started doing YouTube with my friend just talking different stuff you know with him on YouTube and I just got fascinated with it and then one of my friends was like hey you should like definitely do like a YouTube channel just start talking basketball and all that I said you know what you're right because he's like she's like you know what you're doing so I just started making a YouTube channel and started doing reactions because I'm a huge fan of reaction videos that I react to and okay. I just started uh, I, my first video was a Luca Doncic video and I seen it was doing really well and um, just looking at the science behind it and just you know being able to just react to different things and just analyze the game fairly to uh, give you know the public what they need and all that instead of giving them biased opinions and all that and uh, you know just kind of keep going and just keep you know just doing things and then just start making more connections to people that, you know, know basketball and just learn from the best of them. And, um, man, I'm just blessed and thankful just to have like a following in the platform, you know, especially in different countries and in the U S too, as well. It's just phenomenal how much it took off. I didn't think it was going to take off this quickly. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, so uh, we got a little comment that says, what's up, Meg, Kevin, JP, which is really cool. Hey, Trey, oh, what's yeah. going on? <laughs> um, so I guess let me ask you this. Did it take off during the pandemic? Is that when most of your like growth happened? Like, how did this growth come to be? Um, so basically, you know, um, I started kind of gaining like a following when I talked about when I did a Larry Bird ultimate mixtape for my reaction because Larry Bird is one of my favorite players and I see how much growth it has and everything. And I was like, you know what? And I love, you know, talking old school basketball and reacting to it because I'm just a huge fan. So I was like, let me just react to some old school basketball. So I started doing Larry Bird. I started doing Michael Jordan. I seen the Michael Jordan thing took off. I did, you know, more Larry Bird, more Michael Jordan. I did a LeBron versus 
versus Jordan video that really exploded off almost at 100K and everything. And I was just like, wow. And, and I just kind of just try to stay consistent, you know, on YouTube, uh, uh, making videos three or four day, day, three or four times a week. And then I seen that, you know, I was having like, you know, success too as well over the in other countries overseas with the European basketball fans and everything. And I seen that really took off too as well. So, you know, I just try to give the people what they want and what they want me to react to. And also what I feel like I want to react to and give like a clear analysis of, you know, what I feel and just try to give public opinion and all. And it kind of just took off from there. And um, it's just been phenomenal. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wow, so yeah. is there, is there somewhere that you want to take your show? Like what would be the ideal scenario for your show? Like what defines success for your, for your YouTube channel and your show? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I've been kind of back and forth with it. I've been talking with my wife. We just got married, so shout out to my wife. Yeah, um, shout out to the wife. Congratulations. Yeah, shout out to the wife. Thank you so much. Um, so we've just been back and forth. It's like, how far you want to take your show? Do you want to see yourself in the radio show? Do you want to see yourself as like you still want to be a big figure, but you will still be like behind the scenes and still do stuff like that? So you know, it's just been back and forth with it. I could see myself doing like a radio daily show for like a big network one day and all that. Um, shout out to Chris from Who Spaces. He's on Amazon yeah. and with his daily show. Um, you know, I just kind of was like, you know, I might do something like that. That would be pretty dope to do or, you know, just be behind the scenes and still do my reaction videos, still be a, a regular human being or maybe just find a <laughs> chance to work in the <laughs> or maybe find a chance to get into the NBA and kind of partner with them in terms of content and stuff. You know, shout out to Kenny, you know, that does House of Highlights and all that with his uh podcast and his reaction videos i was like you know i want to do something like that so okay okay cool. i like it i like it a lot yeah kev is like i'm loving all this this is basketball <laughs> over over me yeah. you already yeah. got a you got a new subscriber already so <laughs> yes. listen, listen, don't say don't say i didn't I didn't ever do anything for you justin you know i try i do what i can <laughs> i'll be here all week thanks <laughs> all right so tell me this if you weren't doing basketball what other sports would you be covering are you a fan of any other sports that's that's the million dollar question so I am a huge, um, I'm also a huge fan of football. I love talking NFL and college football too as well. Um, that was my first love was football. And then I'm a huge wrestling fan. So I could talk, you know, WWE, AEW. Okay. Um, I could talk okay. wrestling. I do like a wrestling town segment. Shout out to Coach File with his podcast and all that. So I do a little bit of that. Um, that's about it. I like other sports too. I like enjoy, you know, baseball and hockey sometimes. Um, just really just the pimp boxing I like. Um, but football and wrestling would be like my next two sports that I really love um, instead of basketball. So, hey, if you're ever looking for a guest on a wrestling pod, give me a call. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I got you. I got you. <laughs> That is not my wheelhouse. It's really not. Uh, my, my, my wrestling knowledge is very minimal. Like, I can tell you, like, who Triple H is and The Rock and that sort of, like, that era of the taker, that kind of era of wrestling. But other than I will say this, at Black Sports Business Symposium, like, I did, you know, AEW was there. And uh, and and I was really excited to, to kind of, you know, Jade Cargill and and and, yeah. uh, and some of the other folks that were there. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I... I I'm 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 into the 21st century now on wrestling. <laughs> so, had to get my bearings a little bit, but you know. 
All right, cool. All right. So the main reason we had you come on the show was to talk about your Boston Celtics. And I'm going to let you and Kev like chop this up because I feel like this is <laughs> this is your bread and butter. Um, so I created a section of the show called Boston, but it's no tea party, of course. Uh, the Miami Heat are up 3-0 on Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. And there are a few things that I just want to set the landscape here. So entering Sunday night, uh, Miami was shooting 43% from three, which is crazy. Uh, Boston was only shooting 31. So they're effective, but not as effective as Miami. Uh, Miami was also, it looks like, draining 46% of those threes through the first three quarters of that game, which is also crazy. Um, Gabe Vincent <laughs> scored 29 points on 11 of 14 shooting, including six of nine from deep, which is, again, the anomalies here. Um one final thing, one final thought that I want to put out here is that Boston's fourth quarter offense was a major problem in the first two games. Definitely, I think also it improved like ever so slightly in the third game. But by that point, I think, you know, the Heat were up by like 25-30. So <laughs> just, you know, wanted to level set with you. Um, you know, just as a precursor, when I talked to Justin the other day, there were lots of colorful words used um, <laughs> to describe the play. No colorful language here, but I will certainly, I certainly understand if you're thinking those words by doing this, you know, this uh, session with Kev. So first question out to you is how did this happen? How did, how is Miami stifling Boston? And Justin, I'll start with you. Um, so the theme is the defense. The defense has been really putrid and not that great this series. If you look at the first game, they allowed 46 points in that third quarter to the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat looked like Golden State Warriors, killing them on the transition threes, not getting back on defense, and then turning the ball over, which led points of Miami. So the defense has been not that great and all that. The second game, Grant Williams poking the bell, not really blaming Grant Williams for that because you know you got to bring some energy, you got to bring something but the heat went on a 24 and 9 one to end the game and everything so it's just crazy how like you know Miami just kind of just have an answer for Boston and all that but the defense and especially that third game I mean the Boston's defense just they just flat out quit it was just not that great it was just awful to watch and all that and complaining about the fouls and everything you know in that game and um not going back hustling back on defense they just kind of just gave up on that so defense would be number one number two Jason Tatum Jalen Brown especially in the fourth quarter Jalen Brown hasn't had a great uh series um he's been really awful especially from the three point he was like he's two for 20 so that's pretty awful and he's turning the ball over um but Tatum and Brown, especially in that fourth quarter, like they just cannot get it done. And those are like your two best players. That's your top duo in the NBA. And they just can't stay consistent to be able to have uh, great games together. That's the problem. Uh, Tatum, you know, you'll see him take the most difficult shots, not driving into the hole or try to take easier shot selections and all. So he just takes difficult shots. Sometimes he makes them, sometimes he don't. And fourth quarter, I mean, the Miami Heat, did really well adjusting loading the ball and you know he just can't get it done he'll commit turnovers and he won't have any field goals at all so he he's just been terrible in the fourth quarter he's just been very inconsistent um so both of them um and then um number two we don't really make any adjustments we make bad adjustments like the last game i mean they put Derek white and start of robert williams the third and i was kind of 
like baffled because Robert Williams III has been our most consistent player. I was like, why not bench Al Holford and put Derek White in and be able to like see if we can do something to give our uh, defense like some energy and some shooting. But they decided to go with uh, <clears throat> Derek White and, uh, um, to start over uh, Robert Williams, which I just didn't understand. So pretty much, I mean, just no adjustments, just bad adjustments by Missoula. And you just see Eric Spolster just running circles. I mean, running circles around um, Joe Missoula with, just because he's only a rookie head coach. So you're going to see growing pains and everything. Wow. Let me say this before Kev even jumps in. Holy cow. Holy basketball, Batman. Like, that was a <laughs> <laughs> I was like, woo! I was like, that That was, man. Okay. Yeah, that was a crazy breakdown. Like, that just shows your knowledge right there. Like, you just spouted that off the top of your head. It's like, no notes, no nothing. And I was like, man, I want to be like him when I grow up. Like, <laughs> Kev, what's, what you got? What? Is, what? How did this happen? Who is to blame for this? I am thoroughly impressed. Now, I want to start by saying this is just a coincidence. I'm actually a Pacers fan, so I just <laughs> happen to be wearing a Heat hat today. It matches with my outfit, so I apologize. I wasn't thinking ahead. But I will say, uh, just to add, the turnovers were, I think have been a big one for me, um, especially in those fourth quarters, right? It's, it's the worst combination to have bad defense and then sloppy offense because the Heat, are shooting well above their rate from three throughout the entire series they have. And after the first game, I thought, okay, Boston's fine because Miami's not going to do this every game. They're just not, all right? However, as Justin points out, if they're not playing any defense, then maybe they're going to keep shooting at 43%. Uh, and so that has that was a big one uh, with Miami. You know, they're, they're missing hero. They're missing Oladipo, who was kind of out of the rotation, but immediately filled in when Hero came out and, and played pretty well. So, you know, they're they're shorthanded, but in a way that kind of opened things up. I mean, we've seen Gabe Vincent come alive. That has been really big. Of course, yes. Jimmy Butler has done the heavy lifting. He's going to one that, that gets all the roses, so to speak. But Gabe Vincent has made a name for himself in the playoffs. Absolutely. And uh, that – but for me, really – the, the turnovers and the bad offense. I think that goes with the adjustments as well. I thought it was, you know, I kind of, I thought I saw a little bit of this out of Boston last year in certain fourth quarters where they get a little stagnant, maybe not run as many sets and get a little uh, star dominant. And you'd see three guys just kind of standing around a little too much. That's what I loved. I loved what Malcolm Brogdon brought to yep. the team. Cause there's a guy who's looking to get to the rim. He's not looking to pass every time. Um, and I just sometimes I feel like they they get in these funks for long stretches of time. And I just really like to see Joe Missoula use more timeouts. Uh, that's another thing we talk about coaching adjustments. I know it got brought up, but we need to use our timeouts. There's not a lot as a coach you can do to influence the game. Calling timeouts to stop runs is one of those things. So do that. <laughs> Justin, you look like you have thoughts. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. No, no, I agree a hundred percent because I don't understand why you don't call timeouts. I understand you want to trust players in the, in the situation and everything, but when you don't call a timeout, especially when they are like bleeding, you know, and it's just it just doesn't make no sense. And 
and you did brought up the adjustment. Uh, yeah, they're not moving the ball. Like, the best Boston Celtics team is when they're able to move the ball around and everything. We've seen game one, like, Marcus Smart had – like 10 assists in the first half and everything, just moving the ball around and getting people opportunities and all that. And then all of a sudden, it just becomes like a one-on-one. Like, Tatum, you go ahead and play one-on-one. Jalen Brown, go play one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Marcus Smart does it, you know? It's just, does it, it just kind of cringes me. And also, we, I forgot to mention the rebounding too. Even though game three, we won the rebounding battle and everything, but it was at the same time. But the first two games, we was getting out-rebounded by Miami. They were out-hustling and out-rebounding us. Bam had 17 rebounds. I think it was in game two. And that should not ever happen, even though Boston's not a really great rebounding team. But, I mean, you, you give credit to Gabe Vincent. Caleb Martin has been phenomenal. Duncan Robinson became Michael Jordan in game three, just shooting the ball (laughs) and just hitting layups and crossing over. And I mean, this, he just came out alive like an N1 mixtape. We just could not stop him and everything. Kyle Lowry, has been phenomenal too with the charges and that he's been uh, bringing to the table. Yeah. Jimmy Bill has been killing us, but you know, bam out of bottle like Shaquille O'Neal last game, just, won the post and on the Boston Celtics. He's this is probably his best playoff series this uh this year because he has been kind of yep. inconsistent. This has been his best playoff series. So oh my gosh, that was funny. Um I did want to add something I heard earlier and I think you mentioned it about the the Celtics rebounding uh in game three. Yeah you were correct they did out rebound the heat crazy thing was they had 21 more rebounds in the heat um, and they they just they just couldn't convert them like they couldn't do anything with them I've never seen I, I maybe I've I've not watched enough basketball in my life but I don't think I've ever seen a situation in which you get 21 more rebounds than someone and you lose a game not only do you lose a game but you, you lose it by a wide margin so that just tells me like the offensive efficiency was just not there um so yeah that's that's uncharacteristic for the Celtics very uncharacteristic holy cow and I agree yeah most games the team that has 28 more rebounds or however many it was usually they win most of the time and unless there's you know there could be a discrepancy in the turnover margin maybe that, that yes. that's probably making up some of that, that that's that's probably likely a lot of it I mean as, as you know uh Justin and I were talking before the podcast and this was first quarter of tonight's game and uh they Celtics already had three turnovers and there was five minutes left in the first quarter and you've already got three like what's happening what is really mm-hmm. happening? Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it just looked like sloppy throws or errant passes, um, you know, so to speak. Um, I said sloppy throws. I think I've been talking too much football. Um, but uh, errant <laughs> passes, so to speak. But you know what I meant. You know what I meant. <laughs> uh, but errant throws and then just in general, the, the Heat have been stifling whatever Boston has wanted to do. Um, so that makes that begs the question. And, and, and Kev, I'm going to throw this one out to you first. Mm-hmm. Do changes need to be made in the offseason? Does Boston keep the core of this team as it stands right now and and believe that they can progress? Uh, See, I want to try to avoid being too reactionary here. I see a lot of folks on Twitter calling for Joe Mazzula's job right away. I, I I would let that sit for a while, to be honest. I'd maybe wait for the offseason, play that out. We did mention it's a first year head coach. So there's going to be some growing pains that if you have a really good candidate that you think just fits what you're doing better, I can concede that because 
they got put in a very unique position with I may having to leave and everything. I don't think anyone in the franchise was really or in the organization was prepared for that. So they had to make a quick decision, but I think they still could work things out. And as far as the core, as far as, you know, I scoff at the idea that Jalen and Tatum can't and Tatum can't win one together. Now I, I don't know how long they'll be able to keep everybody together contract wise, but I think that they could retool what they have and immediately still be a top three team in the East and, and be ready to make another run in the next year's playoffs. I, I think some moves need to be made, but I think they're more peace moves, you know, add to their rotation. Uh, but I will defer to JP, the expert here and see what he thinks they should do with the team in the off season. It's going to be hard to keep two players, especially with the uh, luxury tax contract, $6 million. I mean, not $6 million, but $600 million. Uh, Jalen Brown made the all-NBA team, so did Tatum and all that. So, you know, they're going to be looking for, like, that big old money contract extension. Um, Jalen Brown's contract expires next year, too. If they end up trying to resign them and everything, that's you just asking for, like, a big contract and all that. And you got to figure out different moves. I would try to find some I try to explore some options for Jalen Brown. Um, I don't think he wants to be in Boston. I thought he would because I really defended him um, when they was thinking about getting Kevin Durant to Boston and all that. But you could just tell with his mood and his language and just his body language himself. He looked like he just doesn't want to be a Celtics. So you got to like figure out ways to get him traded. Grant Williams, I mean – at first, I was like, we should be able to keep him and all that. He had a nice beginning, and then he kind of just went out of the lineup or he's not playing, and he's just committing some turnovers. I mean, you might have to – he's going to be a restricted free agent, so he might end up leaving. Um, you're still going to have Tatum, Brogdon, Horford, Smart, Williams, and White. They're all under contract through the 2024-25 season. Sam Hauser, too, as well. Um you got to figure out about Peyton Pritchell. You might end up uh, trading Muscala. Um, so, you know, they got different, they got moves to make and all that to see how they can still contend as a top uh, team in the East and everything. Um, so, Brass definitely got to um, make some changes and all that. Uh, with Joe Missoula, um, I hate that, you know, he got thrown into the fire as a head coach, unfortunately, after Mayor Doka got suspended, then fired and all that to this team and all that. Um, he just shows me that he's not ready to be a head coach in some games and especially playoffs too as well, that he's not ready to be a head coach, not just because he's not calling timeouts and all that, but like, you know, the adjustments and he just look like he's just – you know, he needs more time and all that. So if you get rid of him, even though they took the tag off him as an interim coach to a head coach, we don't know how long the contract is and all that after he did it. So if it's just for this season, you might just have to just like, you know, not give him the head coaching extension and go find somebody else. Yeah. You got valuable candidates out there like a net nurse or a Monty Williams, yep. you know, and if you're thinking about bringing Doc Rivers back, I mean, you could possibly do that too, but um, you got worthy candidates um, over there, you know, that you can, um, you know, coach the Boston Celtics and all that. So they got like a lot of different things and it's going to be a long off season for the Celtics. Yeah. Kev, anything you would add to that? 
I I like that. I do agree with JP. There are a lot of good candidates out there. He named three of the best ones that I think would be. Uh, yeah, Nick Nurse is someone that I still I continue to expect. I expect to see his name more frequently than I do. I just I, I continue to be surprised that he doesn't have a job. So I have a feeling that this might be the year. Monty is interesting to me. I would love to know more about what has happened in the Phoenix locker room. Because we all know some of this stuff, right? Things did not go well with Aiton. He was uh, mm-hmm. one of my favorite Indiana Pacers for all of 30 minutes. And uh, <laughs> ended up back, back in Phoenix. Uh, but then it still didn't go quite well. And talk about, you know, maybe in a different way, Monty may have lost that locker room along the point. Maybe not everybody, but it became a locker room divided. So that being said, a lot of players really love playing for that guy. A lot of people have nothing but great things to say about Monty Williams. I think maybe a, a, a fresh start and a new scenery with a, with a talented roster like that could be just what he needs. And that could be a great reload right there, you know, because it, again, makes it a little bit easier when money's tight to add valuable veteran free agents because they know they're going into a good situation with a with a winning head coach. So I, I think of those, I would say Monty would probably be the one that intrigues me the most. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it a lot. I like the options. And uh, we'll see what happens. I'm I'm always I'll also say this. And this is not that Doc Rivers is not a good coach, but I continue to be amazed at how many <laughs> opportunities Doc Rivers gets. <laughs> continue to be amazed. Um, hey, if you like it, I love it. All right. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Kim. Didn't mean to send you in stitches there. No, um, you're but... you're. I, I just wanted to hit the retweet button. I was like, yes, it is. It's like the, I could hear the unsolved mystery. Scene. Like, bum, bum. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just one of those things where, again, I'm not saying that Doc Rivers is a, you know a terrible coach or anything else like that, but the amount of opportunities he gets, the amount of times that his name is brought up as a as a viable um, you know head coach, I think you know Doc certainly has his shortcomings there, but. It has not stopped him from getting considerations at all, um, at all, at all. So, hey, I think Doc is probably going to be coaching, you know, probably longer than Pop has been coaching at some point. <laughs> um, so it'll it'll get there. All right, cool. Anything I didn't ask about your Boston Celtics that you feel like people should know, Justin? Like, I know that this is not their best, you know, best effort, I would think. But are you optimistic about next season like do you have things that you're looking forward to seeing from the team uh that is a good question um you know I'm just interested to see especially like if they're going to keep Mazzola as a head coach um the thing I also forgot to mention is losing Will Hardy to the Jazz because he was a definitely a really good offensive uh you know assistant and everything to be able to help with Boston's offense and all that um but yeah I'm very intrigued in terms of the coaching if they're going to keep Mazzola if they have enough faith in Mazzola or like he's going to be out and then whoever's the coach is going to be in um intrigued to see Tatum's growth too as well because we talk about how inconsistent he's going to be and all that and I said uh, before the season that he would have to be like on his A game and he has been you know this season being fourth in MVP voting and being in first team all NBA and everything so I'm very intrigued to see his growth because every single year he improves in so many different categories he just has to just take easier shots and then he'll be he'll definitely be unstoppable um to me um I'm just interested to see like you know if you know we able to um 
be like still be one of the top teams in the East after having such a breakdown against Miami. Um, I'm just interested to see if we could still be a top five offense because our three point shooting has been good in the regular season. Uh, top five defense, if we can bring back the defensive identity um, like we did last year. So I'm just interested to see, but it just really depends on what changes i think brad stevens is a really good gm president he has like the celtics on his post and all that that's could be another person that could get into back the coaching could be brad stevens himself but Mm -hmm. we just have to wait and see but he always has a post or an answer that we all are looking for we definitely need more of a big guy too as well because i don't trust how healthy Robert Williams can be. Mm-hmm. Um, Al Hofer, we don't really know if he's just going to end up retiring or he's going to play one more uh, season. We just have to just wait and see with that. So there's a lot of lingering questions, though. I think we still can be a really good team. We're going to see what we're going to do in the draft. If we do end up trading Jalen Brown to see if we could get somebody in replacement of Jalen Brown, there's a couple of players I'm looking at, like the dude from UCLA and some other uh, people that could be in replace of Jalen Brown to bring some shooting and some defense too as well. So, well, I, in that case, I have a question for you because I've heard some rumors that Portland, Portland is going to shop that third pick to try to add another star <laughs> to Dame. Does that interest you at all? Potentially a uh, Jalen going to Portland in return for that top three pick if, if he's going to be moved? Um, if it depends on the player, it really depends on the player. If well, whoever the Celtics is going to pick and everything, so if they do uh, want to get Jalen Brown to Portland, I think you know that would be a good move and all that, you know, because you could put him, Dame, and Anthony Simons, those are your three scores and everything. And then if we end up getting like a Brandon Miller. I mean, I would definitely take a Brandon Miller three and D guy that could fit perfect, you know, for you know Boston. Um, but um, it's it's interesting. But you know, we just sometimes we just got to be careful with the picks and all that. So um, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm very intrigued. I've been hearing, you know, that somebody was like, "You think you want to have like a Damian Lillard to Boston?" Uh, yeah, nah, I'm not really interested um, at the moment and stuff, you know, because I just I love Damian Lewis as a player, but I don't think he'll be I don't think he'll fit well with Boston and all that with him and Tatum. But who knows, you know, who really knows? But it just really depends on the player that they're looking at and they're shopping with. So it really depends. I'm shocked here. No Dame time in, in Boston. So, I, man. All right, all right. I'll I'll leave it alone today. It's <laughs> your show today. I'll leave it. I'll leave it, alone. I'll leave it alone. All right, cool. So let's let's move on to the last portion of the podcast. So this is called the post game presser. So basically, this is the portion of the podcast or the show where you get to ask us questions. They could be sports related or not, unreasonable opinions or not. We will happily answer them. Like you know, hey, you don't want Damian Lillard in Boston, you know. <laughs> We'll answer those. We'll talk about those. So what you got? What you got for us? My number one question, uh, favorite basketball movie. Oh, (laughs) that's a good one. Uh, Oh, okay. I think I know. I think I know my answer, but Kev, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Now this is kind of unfair because of where (laughs) I grew up, but it's, it's Hoosiers for me. 
because uh, I grew up in a small little uh, southern Indiana town. I popped when you were talking about Larry Bird being your favorite. I have a Hick from French Lick t-shirt in there somewhere. Um, also, I grew up worshiping at the idols of Bird and Reggie Miller, you know, as a young Indiana boy. So, uh, yeah, but it was Hoosiers for me. I think I remember getting the special edition DVD with the sleeve and everything as a kid. I I watched the they had the tape of the original game in black and white and everything. You could watch it. It was it was fan, fantastic, but kind of a cheating answer for me. Not in black and white, Kev. <laughs> oh yeah, don't uh, watch basketball from the fifties. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna go, Coach Carter. Um, Ooh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go, Coach Carter. Um, I I started to say I can't even remember what the name of that movie is, but the movie where uh. Is it like Mike? I think we're <laughs> little Bow Wow was in that movie yes. and he plays he plays Calvin. Um, I was gonna say that initially, and then like Coach Carter like pumped into my mind. But yeah, Coach Carter is a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. Samuel Jackson is amazing. Um, yeah, it, I that movie could come on now and I would watch it like I've never seen it before. It's it's that good. So I'm gonna go Coach Carter. He was behind the game when it comes to transition three pointers, though. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He can definitely be the perfect <laughs> coach. He would definitely be the perfect coach for John Moran. He would definitely be. <laughs> <sad>. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I think he was going to be running. He would probably have John Moran running, running to the baseline. <laughs> no, you don't do stuff off the court. Laps now. <laughs> oh, um, man. That's good. And, yes. Uh, my basketball movie. It's really tough, though, because, I mean, I watch a lot of basketball movies. Um, Coach Carter is a great movie. Who's was a great movie. Um, I'm nostalgia because Space Jam, I always thought, yep. you know, oh, the, the soundtrack and oh. the, car the cartoon and everything. Yeah. White Man Can't Jump, the original, not yeah. the one with Jack Harlow, because I haven't seen that yet. But the original. Don't worry, you're, you're not missing much. It's fine. Yes, thank you. Okay, I, good. I, I didn't have it. the heart to watch it. I, I can't. <laughs> I, I haven't watched it either, but from everything I've heard, they were like, mm, this was a nice try. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, just the original cast with uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, Wesley Stipes, their chemistry in the movie. I mean, I just love White Man Can't Jump. So that's an underrated basketball movie for me. So, that's Good question. Yes. Um, And then... After what Jokic did yesterday, sweeping the Lakers, is he, because he just got the Magic Johnson trophy, are we going to say him or Giannis as the best basketball player right now? Hmm. You want to take that one first, Meg? Oh, my gosh. Why would you do this to me, Kev? <laughs> I can go first your friends. I can take it. Um, best basketball player right now, like this season. Am I clarifying this season? Like when we say right now, um, I would say right now, just overall. But I mean, this <sighs> season, I mean, MB won the MVP though. But he kind of, you know, Jokic should have should have got it. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I digress. So let me say this: Voter I'm fatigue. Such a I'm such a big Giannis fan, so that is my my gut is to say Giannis because I love his game. I absolutely love it, him off the court as well. Um, 
but I feel like Joker has kind of cemented that he is the best player right now, especially with this series. Like, and I and I say that because you know they, I don't know if you remember that, but um, someone asked Giannis uh, about, hey, was this season a failure, right? And he has this great quote about like, you know, hey, every day we fail at our jobs, like doesn't mean that our jobs are failure, that we're a failure, things like that. But season happens, they lose and not great fashion your coach gets fired so now it's like okay and he didn't play up to his standards right like up to the standards that we know that Giannis can play um so I think you know if you're if you're if I'm comparing it to what I saw this season what I see right now yeah I have to go Joker I I think I think you kind of have to based on I mean what is the guy averaging like 30 points a game like like this is insane. Like he's averaging right now at minimum a double double, and I, I would almost make to say nearly a triple double every game that he's played in the playoffs. So, I, yeah, maybe it's Joker. I don't like that answer though. I really don't. Like Joker, so. <laughs> you can't win with this one. You really can't. I mean, I'll I'll say Giannis is clearly he's the better defender. Jokic is the better perimeter shooter. I think I agree with a lot of what Meg said, so I won't repeat much of it. So what I what I will add is, yeah, the shooting and the playmaking for me, I think, is really what make Yoke, makes Jokic stick out because he does so. And, and it's weird because Giannis can do a lot of these things, too. But it was so unique to sit there in the Western Conference Finals and you're watching the, the Nuggets resort to a two man game. And it's Jamal Murray posting up Schroeder in the paint, and Jokic is bringing up bringing it up, and then they're running pick and rolls and stuff like. But he's running the point, and then if they get the right matchup, you know Murray's going to flare out to the corner, and then okay, now Jokic has Schroeder on him in the in the short post, and it's like all right, that's game over. But then he can also, if if the double team comes, quick flick of his left wrist, and it's going across corner to a wide open shooter. So, uh, and then I saw some of those uh, those two contested spin moves from what I call Tracy McGrady range, like that just inside the three-point line where it's like the most difficult two you can shoot. And he's just hand in his face, fall away, looking like Dirk Nowitzki putting the ball behind his head, and it's just nothing but net. Um, those little – just a, one A and one B is what we're talking here, but give me yeah. Jokic. Give me Jokic by by a hair. That's the, the, those are great points. Um, it's tough for me too because I don't really know. Um, if I'm gonna say <laughs> Jokic, or, he's or like, Giannis. I don't know, but I'm gonna ask know. you guys. <laughs> I'm gonna ask y'all because I was just trying to get something. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm still gonna say Giannis just because he plays both sides of the ball and everything. Jokic has improved as a defender, so I give him a lot of credit and all that. Now Giannis don't do like those flashy passes or the IQ that Jokic has um, than uh, Giannis, but Giannis is so impossible to stop. If you don't build a wall around him, how are you gonna stop a guy with his length to drive into the hole and everything? The only thing I kept saying about Giannis is if he just become a better shooter like at least like a decent shooter that it's teams that have to like game plan against him i mean he'd be unstoppable he used to have a really good 
mid-range game when he first came into the league. Then he got bigger in size and muscle, and he just lost his touch and everything. So if he could just develop that shot, even though he's trying his best, and then if he could stay decent into the free throw line, I think, you know, Giannis is going to be impossible to stop and all that. Now, Jokic has just been phenomenal with the with the triple doubles that he's been putting up and all that, winning that MVP with the Nug- Denver Nuggets being the sixth seed without a Jamal Murray and a Michael Porter Jr., just a phenomenal just phenomenal what he has done. That PER rating is just off the charts and all that. Um, but right now, I still say Giannis. Now, if Jokic wins the championship this year, I mean, he might end up in that top two spot, at least in that top two spot with uh, Giannis and Jokic. And that's just going to be a battle of like, which one you think is the best though. So I'd, I got to see more Jokic to see how far he could take this team in the finals, whoever he faces, which most likely is going to be the Heat. And if they win, it's going to be like, you know, a really good debate of, you know, if Jokic is the best player in the war. Yeah, I I love that. I love that you were able to break it down, but I also love the fact that you were like, yeah, I don't know this answer, but I'm definitely. <laughs> I love that. All right, <laughs> what else? What else you got for us? Um, my only my last question: top five athletes of all time. Oh, oh, okay. So I might have to go pull this because mm. I actually, for those of you who don't know, I'm in school right now and I had to go, <laughs> I had to go, I had to actually do this, um, for a, um, <laughs> for a class. So that's, that's the crazy thing. Let's mm. see. I want to, I want to open up my, uh, what my, uh, my <laughs> list I did for a while. Cause I want to oh. make sure I didn't like miss anybody. Let's see. Let's see. I know Ooh. I've got it here. Kev, I'll let you go first because I know I need to find I need to I've find only got three stuff. so far. I got I'm thinking this one through here. Um I'm gonna go a little off the wall. So for the record, I'm going with just sort of like some of the greatest athletes. I'm gonna try it. There's gonna be a lot of two sports guys in here. Um because that, <laughs> yeah. like that stuff like that really impresses me. Um so let's see. And you know what? Um man, I'm just gonna throw this one. Okay. All right. Here's my five. All right. Bo Jackson, number one. Uh, I think if he hadn't gotten hurt, would have, the tape suggest that he might have been the, the greatest, uh, maybe the greatest running back ever, and he could do amazing things on the baseball field as well. If you've never seen him throw someone out from the outfield like that, a cannon barely begins to describe it. So give me Bo Jackson in that same vein. I went with Deion Sanders um, okay. just because he also was a two-sport athlete, played the sport at a high level. Um, I've got MJ in there because that was that's my favorite, you know, best at his sport growing up. Um, and then, you know, I've got to have LeBron in here. And, okay. I ha- and I had a tie because this is my fifth one got a little out there. So we're going to go with Hakeem as five, but I have an honorable mention for you guys because this won't make it to anyone's list. Mm-hmm. Former former Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and New York Knicks point guard Charlie Ward, who also Ooh. got drafted into Major League Baseball, one mm. of the greatest athletes of all time. Mm. Maybe okay. just maybe just didn't pick the right sport to end up having a, a how, being a household name. That's a good okay. One. I'm That's I'm not one. mad at that list. I'm really not mad at that list. That's all right, so I had to go. I had to go pull mine up because I wanted to make sure I got <laughs> like, to land this a little bit. So all right, so. Number five is Tom Brady. 
So number four is Serena Williams. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kev's like, ooh. <laughs> I forgot uh, about solo sports. Sorry. Yeah. Number three is Michael Phelps. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh. So number two is actually Michael Jordan for me. Um, and number one is actually LeBron James. And the reason why I have LeBron as number one is not necessarily for his on-the-court uh, accomplishments, but more so for his off-the-court accomplishments. To me, his philanthropic, um, his philanthropic efforts are something that are a sight to behold. He continues to do that. Uh, his schools, his his uh, partnerships, his sewing back into children from you know from his hometown, from from Ohio, like that is unmatched to me, absolutely unmatched. And not that these other athletes don't do it, but. I feel like to continue to do this on such a big platform, he always elevates those children, always elevates the folks that he's connected with. And I love that absolutely about him. Um, I'm so glad you asked that question, Justin, because this was actually, um, it was part of an assignment that I had to do for, for school. Um, so side note is I'm in school right now uh, for sports <laughs> casting. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, like we had some crazy debates about this top five list or whatever else. And it's just funny to see what people like, you know, consider top five, you know, athletes of all time. And <laughs> one guy was like, he's like, you put Tom Brady in your list. He's like, he can't even run fast. And I was yeah. like, I was like, <laughs> He's got seven rings. Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> so it's just, you know, again, everyone's like definition of what is an athlete differs. So I think it's, you know, it's really cool when you get into these these debates. Um, yeah. I like that. Um, I like the athleticism that you uh, put off, Kev. I like the impact and everything that you did, Meg. Oh. So tough, right? my top, yeah, my top five, because like it's so hard. It's really so hard. I do. I will say that I do have Michael Jordan and LeBron. So we all can agree that we have Jordan and LeBron in the top five. Okay. Muhammad Ali. Just okay. The the impact and also he was like really fast and you know the, he was cocky and everything. But like you know you watch the tape of him, you know knocking out you know different opponents and all that, you know, the woman in the jungle with George Foreman and then, mm -hmm. you know, winning the titles and all that. Like he was, he dominated the boxing war like for decades and everything. So Muhammad Ali, and then also his impact, you know, in boxing and off the, and off boxing ring too, as well. Like his impact is just unbelievable. Um, Bo Jackson. I mean, just if he didn't get hurt, We'll be talking about like the greatest athlete of all time, just being able to play both sports. Like Dion did it, uh, did it great too. But just being able to play both sports, um, baseball and uh, football, and just was just unbelievable. Like if you haven't watched any Bo Jackson clips, if you're watching um, this podcast, please go watch Bo Jackson. I mean. This dude had a Nike commercial saying Bo knows this, Bo knows that. Mm -hmm. You could tell he was a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful athlete. Um, so I, I couldn't really get – I had to do him or Sandals. And then my fifth one, I was kind of like, ooh, what one I'm going to do? I'm going to go Serena, but then Baywoove definitely gets an honorable mention, though, mm -hmm. um, just because of his contributions to baseball and his impact on baseball. Uh, mm -hmm. But Serena Williams just – how she just dominated tennis, you know, individually, you know, like 
I mean, there was there's nobody like Serena Williams in my lifetime that just dominated that sport and winning so many like Grand Slams, Wimbledon's. I mean, there's nothing like Serena Williams. I'm glad to see that we all kind of have like a mix of each other's list, which is really cool. Um, I'm glad to see Serena landed on your list. Um, and I'll also say this as a, as a person who grew up watching Venus and Serena Williams, I'm not going to lie. I was a little salty that Serena overtook Venus at some point. Cause Venus was my favorite growing up. She's the main reason I started watching, you know, tennis. It was really good to see representation like that in tennis. Um, so, but Serena is just, uh, I, there are no words to describe that kind of domination. Um, so yeah, I love to see I love to see the ladies getting a little bit of love there on the list. So cool, cool. Well, all right, Justin, that was a really fun, really really fun uh, podcast, which I enjoyed it. I hope Kev enjoyed it too, because you know we've been talking a lot of football and that sort of thing and basketball. It's his, it's his first lesson. I was like, I got to get my basketball guys on here to to uh, chop it up with us. So uh, thank you so much for coming on and tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Yeah, um, you can check out my YouTube channel. It's just JP with a Z. Um, put out some content and I'll do some shorts too as well. You can find me on Twitter, JP Franchise 57. I do Hoop Spaces. Shout out to Chris from Hoop Spaces. They be on the yeah. daily show on, on Amazon, on the AMP and everything from Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Sometimes I'll be hopping on and talking or I'll be in the comments uh, just doing something. And we also they also have a YouTube channel, Hoop Spaces, so definitely check that out um because i'm the youtube coordinator for them um and also just check me out on uh tiktok um it's just uh, i think it's uh at justin payden 57 and then also i have my other youtube channel jp talk celtics talk boston celtics um content all the time on there on twitter tiktok and on youtube so follow, follow me though and um definitely uh shoot me a follow and uh, we definitely can connect Awesome. Awesome. All right, Kev, where can people find you on the internets? All right. You can find me on Twitter at KevNevik underscore. You can find my content with the other fine folks over at Bite Size Sports on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook. That is Bite-Size Sports. Uh, we have live shows every uh, Tuesday right after this. Actually, if you want to go listen to some NFL talk, I got three of my closest friends there. And I'm also every Thursday at 9 PM Eastern talking NBA and college basketball. So check us out. And I know otherwise make sure you're here at nine. Cause that's where I'll be on Tuesdays. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And you can find me on Twitter. It's at the Megan hall, same thing on Instagram, T H E and then Megan hall, my name. Uh, you can also find me of course on YouTube. It's YouTube slash at hall about sports. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel, of course. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Um, and that's how that works. Uh, <laughs> and because we like to do all the things, TikTok, it's Hall About Sports Pod, P-O-D. Finally, you can find all of our updated content on HallAboutSports.com. Kevin and I will be back next week to talk more sports. Uh, we'll probably just switch it around. Honestly, we're trying to get some golf, some hockey, like we're covering all the things. And so I know I've been educating myself. So if you haven't seen my, my hockey comments from the last podcast, uh, you should definitely go check that out because I've been learning. And I also learned that my friend is a hater. He doesn't want me to be great and be a Dallas Stars fan. So enjoy that. <laughs> but of course, you've been listening to the Hall About Sports podcast with me and with Kev, where the sports are real, the sounds of the game are real, and yes, the stories are real too. We'll see you next episode. Peace out.